0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Firm um, Returns Weekly. This week, I'm going to have a look through the recent release of Slime Three K from Tiny Build, and then I've also got some discussion points on some reflections I've been having on my investment approach, having uh, listened to a couple of interesting interviews. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll just share my screen, and we'll get started. Right. So, as I mentioned, Slime 3K was released on the 2nd of November, which was Thursday. And it released in early access for $4.49, which included a 10% launch discount. So it will be sort of $5, $4.99 when fully priced. I don't know whether when it comes to version one point release they might bump it or we'll see, but <clears throat> as I'll get on to a bit later, the price here is pretty much in line with comparable games in this sort of genre um I don't know it's like reverse bullet hell' whatever but and I think vampire survivors is like the which I said here is is the big uh what well, is is the original game in this genre that um a lot of the other games have sort of loosely based on. Um uh, what's interesting with this one, I've I've played it quite a bit now. Um sort of, uh, I'd say about three or three or four hours. Um is it's really this this game, even though it seems like oh it's a bullet hell type of thing that it's, it's all really down to deck management and um an awful lot of strategy and just managing your inventory and trying to collect together the right kind of cards and level them up and all the rest of it and that's what really determines how far you can get through the game and so on so i think um as we'll get on to a bit later this has been because it has been on the face of it it looks like a big bullet hell type sort of vampire survivors like game where you're going around and just trying to survive hordes of of uh, enemies and so on um in reality most of your time like i think a level i just did level four so i'm a bit further into the game now but um the early levels are a bit faster but level four i think i spent over an hour just on that one level and it was because i think the actual time live time where you you're actually um moving around and thing was probably like 15 minutes tops but uh most of the time or 15 to 20 minutes but then most of the time is actually just spent with the game like paused when you go you open a shop window and you're there um, trying to choose which cards to do and like locking some of them so they're there when you go to the next shop and it gets like regenerated a selection of items and you're trying to like work out how you know you're going to try and order your cards so that this, you buy them in the right order so they're stacked up and they can you can get level up the cards and so on by grouping them together um so yeah that that's really where the art of the game is and um and so i think some people were probably found that a bit unexpected so there was there was a a, a slight mismatch there between things. but i think I, the actual game itself is uh is phenomenal it's really really good fun and i think um anybody that isn't going in with um preconceived notion of what the game is actually has had a really good experience with it um and I, I expect also as I'll get on to there'll probably be some rebalancing um to make it may maybe make the level progression a little bit easier earlier on for people um who who've been struggling which is seems to be what most of the uh native reviews have been people with struggling to progress but um but i played it myself and i can definitely say that it's uh you can progress <laughs> it is and it's not it's not too bad it just requires a lot of strategic thinking um yeah so what was also quite good is so this is another game slime through k is another edition in the Despos game universe from Confer um games which is the developer and that the IP and I believe that I can't, remember, I think it was an acquire hire. So the developers have sort of contracted out, but the, yeah, the IP is owned by uh tiny build. So uh, the margins on sales are going to be very high, even though it's only selling for $4.99 or $4.49 at the moment. Um, after all the platform reasons, what's left they'll they'll be taking a very high percentage of that, probably seventy percent or higher. I would I would guess, um, depending on how much um, what kind of arrangement they've got with Confor Games uh, there. Um, but yeah, so because that might technically end up being a kind of a second party title if if they're uh, still contracting out to them. Uh, but anyway, yeah it was bun what was quite clever i thought was they they bundled it together with despo's game um so you can get like an additional 20% discount so that means you instead of just the 10% and they they did stack you'd get 30% discount on slime Through k if you bought despo's game and despo's game was also at a at a uh, 55% discount but it's a quite you know significantly more expensive game um cuz it's sells for $8.99 even with that 55% discount so if they're bundling the two together and it, and you really could see this in the figures that they're you know the sales figures for Despo's game that they were selling sort of fairly in line with each other a lot of people were taking advantage of this they're capturing the sales of the the, the, the upside from this it's not just the profits from 3 UK they're also capturing the upside from Despo's game as well from doing that bundling together so yeah it's been um that was a a clever strategy, I think, and it's um, like I say with Desperate's game, the margins will also be very good because they own the IP for it. So, yeah, very promising. You can kind of add in a lot of cases, you can probably add those two together. And just looking at like the sales rankings on uh, in Steam DB and stuff, it does look like they sold fairly similar numbers. So, um, more there, there obviously were more for Slime 3K certainly early on and so on but. They're selling quite nicely in tandem. And I think that's another bundle now with Spider Heck as well, but I don't think it has the um, uh, 20%. Yeah, so they do that as a bundle. They do it in other words. But I think that there's still the 20% additional discount or whatever is unique to if anybody that owns Despo's games. So there's people that are already um, either bought it before or in a bundle or whatever uh, will benefit from it. Yeah. Um, that's, that is how I bought it as well in the, in the bundle um right so yeah we've got a few um the other yeah the other thing to say is that the game was coupled in to you know to to publish um to market the game they've done a um a publisher sale on Steam, so we've had uh on the Steam homepage, they've got in the special office section, which is just the second section down from the top, you've got like a rotated sort of banner of things at the top. And then you've got, which I think some people might have ended up seeing this on there as well. Or, I mean, I certainly saw a couple of points when I opened Steam, I did see, even though I'd already bought the game, I did see uh, this advertised on like the rotate, you know, the cards that pop up when you open Steam there. It, it was, it was in there front and center with slime 3k as well, both on it. So don't know whether that was an additional thing. They've, they paid to out there or steam just does it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think for some people will have been seeing that as a targeted advert there. But yeah, this special office section, I'm pretty sure for the entire run of this, um, publisher sale, which is going from the second to the ninth and, so uh, seven days a full week. And, um, it's been yeah, it's uh having this slot on the special office section of the homepage for that for that whole period of time. And I think it does rotate, but you can see there's a few different pages here, but I think it does like rotate around a bit. So sometimes it's on the f- first section, sometimes it's on the second, and so on. Um but yeah, so it's getting a good and it's driving a really good amount of traffic to it, as I'll show you in a second. But yeah, this is what the um the publisher sale. Page looks like, and it's really quite. You can see they've really done a good job with bespoke sort of artwork and design, incorporating all of the different things and really pushing the slime 3K, which is shown right at the top. Um, and then uh, let me have a look. They also have a live, like broadcast section further down the page. Um, I might just uh, let me just have a look. See if I can get. Up for you actually. You can just have a look at it live. Um, they have a, a live broadcast section. Uh, here we go. Yeah, so still live now, and we're on the three days into the sale, still showing on the first section here. And I have checked as well in, you know, with no with in a private window without any cookies and so on. So it's not just because I'm logged in or whatever. And it seems. So you can see, yeah, they've got the big discounts on across their product range um, and everything has been getting a boost like some of these well um, titles, some of the new ones getting a nice nice boost as well um all the old you know popular favorites streets of rogue, potion craft a more recent one, etc all getting speedrunners, all getting good numbers um, in the sales rankings dead side also doing well and and you uh cartel typhoon etc um but yeah you've got a bit further down we have a yeah they've been running these live broadcasts you can see that they, they've it's it's in earlier in the morning now and uh, night in america and so on so it's not such a peak time but we can see they've basically just been streaming these games uh through this period but um as you can see, let's close that. They've at sort of more peak times. They've been getting over a thousand viewers for each one of these games they've been showing in this stream. We sort of fifteen hundred here for Slime 3K, and similar numbers um, for Dead Side and Potion Graph and so on. So, yeah, really, that the the Steam sale and the the publisher sale here, and having the Featured, being featured in the special office section is really driving a lot of traffic to this page. Um, just could, just a continuous stream, which is helping to just keep the sales numbers up. Uh, we've seen they dropped off a bit over time, obviously as as the number of uh, you know as as people who were interested in the game was been buying it and so on. But yeah, there's just it's just been like a sustained sort of fairly high level of sales across. All of the, the games, and you can see this as well. Um, just skip down to it now. In the, I mean, unlike when we were <laughs> looking at Stray Souls, for instance, where we had the initial look and they went Ooh, just drop straight down, Slime 3K has been really nicely, um, doing sort of new highs each day after launch, um, and really holding up well through the, as we've gone into the, the weekend, several several days in so um so yeah it's uh and i think the peak is 687 at the moment um i think that's still the peak yeah but uh yeah really uh really positive overall and uh, and the steam sales definitely definitely having a a really good impact on driving it so i mean what did i say here yeah. so yeah this particular game genre has become a pretty crowded field so it's difficult for a new entrant to stand out the release of the demo during the steam next fest certainly helped increase interest adding just over a hundred sorry just over 1 000 followers which equates to approximately or just over maybe 10k wish lists but it's undeniable that the substantial marketing efforts we've seen post-launch have been A driving factor in early sales so yeah it was in not not bad position um 521st in the wishlist rankings but i think it's definitely done a lot better in terms of sales and so on than than it would have done if they hadn't had this big marketing drive and i think they saw a similar thing with with punch club the original punch club game um that game wasn't really drawing a lot of attention. It was hard for it to stand out, but they knew that the game concept itself was, was really good and people would enjoy playing it. And so they had to um, push a lot more on the marketing and they used at that time, they didn't have quite as much clout as they have now to do these big publisher sale and all the rest of it um, and get all the influences and so on to play it uh, back, back then they had, they used the more novel um, approach, which I've talked about in the past of um, getting, getting, having a Twitch stream and getting the people in the chat to actually complete the game by telling voting on which actions to do and so on. So it was, uh, it was very novel, and they didn't actually release the full game until Twitch had actually beaten it, the Twitch viewers had beaten it. So not something they can just, you know, they can't repeat something like that all the time, but now they've got a bit more clout. Um, they're able to use things like, a publisher sale here which is uh, really helped to drive interest in the game and and well obviously it helped across sales across the whole catalog but definitely driven a lot more traffic to the game than it would have got if there'd been there hadn't been this kind of marketing and they also have been um spon- doing sponsoring quite a few influencers to do to do videos on it um i'm not sure what the uh are now this was just a day this was all yesterday. So I'm guessing these are high now, but we've got quite a few that are sort of 50 K or more views in just 24 hours. So, and all together. Um, yes, it's it's probably in the hundreds of thousands. Um, and that will be driving a decent amount of traffic as well. And, uh, yeah, some of them had really done gone into a lot of detail. This particular guy had, uh, Cole, I think he'd be all the way to level ten, which is the the last level on it. So, which takes quite a bit of work. Um, so they they really went into a, a good amount of detail with it. But um, but yeah, that certainly helped to drive things as well. So overall, it's been a real um, I would say, marketing success. It's been a real case of uh, it's been really good evidence of the marketing and general publishing capabilities of of Tiny here. So. Yeah, I've been um been quite impressed overall just to see it and track it over the last few days. See how it's um their strategy, how they've driven the sales and to the to Slime through K and helped to to push it up and just across the board. I mean, um, I think I just sort of finally said so. I did say yeah, the the reviews at one point I called it sort of two hundred and one, uh, number two hundred one in the sales rankings, but. Might have gone higher at some points. I don't know, but it's um, it was sort of in the low three hundreds or something when I yeah three hundred twenty here when I when I was writing this, and it's it was also the reviews were sixty five point one four percent positive, so it'd still be classified as mixed. Um, out of one hundred nine, I think now there's like one hundred fifty six or something, and it's gone up to sixty nine percent. So I think I think it is going to end up being uh mostly positive and hopefully that'll that that will just increase as the as we go through the early access period. So when we get to the um the version 1.0 release it will it will hopefully be something like you know heading towards the, the very positive level 80% plus or whatever. So uh but yeah it's uh I think uh it's certainly nothing to be worried about and like I say you can just see from the player figures here we haven't seen any major drop off um, which is what you would see if if the game was was rubbish, <laughs> and and I've I've played it and quite a few other people. Um, I know have also tried it out and and everyone's having a great time with it. So it is a it is definitely a solid game. Um, yeah, and I think the substantial boost in sales we've seen across the entire portfolio is definitely going to help uh, with the company. Reason its cash flow targets for second half. So um yeah. That's uh, I think that's everything on Slime 3K and the, the publisher sale overall. So next thing to mention is uh I I think I talked about it last week because we had the airing of the f- season finale of um Welcome to Raven Brooks, which was did very well. I think it um, that season finale was sitting around about seven hundred thousand views now or something. Um, yeah, which was significantly higher than the previous episode, which was sort of around the three hundred mark, I think. So yeah, really, um, a lot of interest driven uh, to that episode. And it was a it was very good, and I just think overall the whole the whole series has been has been great. So. Yeah, glad to. I was glad to see that do well and and uh, come together and the quality in there and everything. And I think and it's um it's done well for Secret Neighbors, as we saw. Um, and Secret neighbor has been doing quite well in in this sale as well. Uh, it was featured as one of the had a, had a, a very healthy discount as we talked about last week. Um, and it's uh yeah the the tr- traffic levels have been have been very good over the, the last week or so. Uh, but yeah, we also, this week, on the 31st, it was it was only Justin uh, released on the 31st, I think it was like actually technically the first in the UK when it was released, but just caught, came in in the US and so on. Uh, we saw the release of the Halloween update, uh, or patch number 9 for Hello Neighbor 2. And um, this was only on steam and i think that was perhaps a, a cause of frustration for, for quite a lot of the players because you know the majority of the players of this game are, con- are using consoles so they're there in the game on consoles so having it limited to uh just steam at this point um has has reduced the uh the overall impact they could have had and it it was a slight shame because they'd built up quite a lot of marketing a lot quite a lot of momentum from the marketing the, the build-up of all of the 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 release of the Helen, um yeah the release of the welcome to raven book series time to coincide to end the weekend before this this was released and secret neighbor timed as well. And all these things together, all building up the hype and building building up the momentum. And then it only releases on the like least used um, or least played platform for this particular game, which is um, which is PC and specifically on steam. So yeah, I think I, I doubt that was their intention. I think it's probably more likely that they, they were intending to release across all platforms simultaneously, but there was perhaps some bugs or issues with the consoles and versions and they might decide not to do it. And that's definitely the right decision. If you get to that point and if they got to that point and they realized there were still issues much better to to delay it still than doing, but yeah, obviously it would have been ideal for everything to be all ready to go before. then. so, yeah, maybe, um maybe the, October October deadline was a little too close. Um, I can understand why they did it. Uh, and, you know, chose that because it's obviously a, a really spooky update. And um, there's like this little video here, which you can have a look at to to just get a, a quick couple of minute overview of it. But it's it's very it's really quite different to the. It adds quite a lot to, to the game, I think. And I think we've seen. So a lot of positive, even even though it's been more limited, the number of players on Steam, the people who have played it have been very positive. We're talking the last 30 days, so that includes the period before the update as well, but I think the sales were were lower then. It's been 88% uh, positive compared to, I think, something like 74% for the overall uh, game. So yeah, the, the reviews are definitely trending. have been much higher um, since the this update so people it has been very well received. Um which does bode well for when it does go to consoles that people will be very happy with it. But yeah, just a shame to lose a bit of that momentum because it might impact. Um well impact additional sales I suppose but it also uh yeah players um uh, who currently own the game but well, I'm I'm sure that I, I think it's more likely they'll still come they'll still try it out when it does release but yeah they might not uh, be following it so closely at that point, they might have been getting hyped up, and then what? <laughs> it's not actually released. Anyway, um, but yeah, the right decision to to uh, delay it if if there were issues. But yeah, anyway, it's in in the past now. Um, but yeah, let's moving on. So the final thing I wanted to talk about was the just a touch on investing approach or just philosophy or whatever investing philosophy so i recently listened to a couple of interviews with bill nigran of harris associates that made me reflect on my own investing approach i thought i'd share these uh, so i thought i'd share these reflections with you bill has been managing the oakmark select funds since 1996 and he also manages subsequently Going to manage additional new funds that they've started up as well. In since then, uh, global select and just Dope Mark Fund. I think are the other two. But yeah, they they adopt a more traditional value investing strategy of buying at sort of fifty to sixty percent. But I think the threshold is um, two thirds, basically, so like a two thirds of fair value, and selling when it reaches ninety percent. They found this process takes five years on average, so they typically invest with a five- to seven-year time horizon. I'm definitely aligned with this approach of buying below a threshold two-thirds of fair value, and preferably below one-half. Depending on the company, however, I do think I'd be prepared to let it run a little if the stock got ahead of the fundamentals, so let it go beyond the 90% of fair value or even 100%. for example, I'd probably assign a fair value to TinyBuild somewhere around the £1 per share mark, but assuming it got there in the next year or two, I'm unlikely to sell the shares because I see realistic scenarios where it could go far higher. I don't know exactly what where my level is, but maybe somewhere around £2 per share, I'd look to trim my position. So yeah, this is just assuming that it doesn't take five years for TinyBuild, for instance, if it if it happened in the next uh year or two at the before the company had really um released the full pipeline and had really we really seen that growth into a high valuation um i probably would still be yeah because they'd hold on to it if i if i thought there was a lot of room left for the stock to run and and i my thesis hadn't hadn't changed at that point so the five year average is very interesting. I hadn't really put a minimum holding period on my investments before, but we will be adopting five years from now on. So long as nothing is irreparably broken with my investment thesis, I will wait for this holding period to elapse before considering selling. The question is, what would break my investment thesis? Maybe I'll leave this for another post. So... um yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of things there that could that could break your investment thesis and it is going to be very dependent on it, each company, very specific to an individual company. So, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe think about that. I'll put it into that and not to another place. But. So next, move on to um, another bit. So fair value is often a moving goalpost as the Oakmark Fund's own company is expected to grow their fair value over time resulting in returns that exceed those of closing the discount alone. This can also mean they end up holding companies for longer than just five to seven years, as by the time the share price reaches 90% of their original estimate, the fair value has grown. Crucially, though, they are very strict on selling a position once it reaches 90% of whatever they deem to be fair value at that point. As I outlined above, I'd be prepared to continue holding a company if it reached its fair value prematurely, provided there was the prospect of significant growth from that point. The other key takeaway for me here is to try and own companies that are likely to grow their fair value over time. A good yardstick is: will this business be more, be worth more, in five years from now? I think um, I've i would heard that I've heard that somewhere else as well, but. Uh, If you don't apply this rule, you're at risk of the discount closing due to a movement in the fair value rather than the share price. Having said that, there are exceptions in cases where the management of a potentially declining business has clear policies of returning capital to shareholders through dividends and share buybacks. Like if you think the company is going to pay back more than its market cap um, before it it disappears from existence, then yeah, it's probably not, not a bad bet there either. Um, but yeah, you have to have confidence that management's going to do that and not try and reinvest in the business's decline When it comes to calculating fair value, the models used by analysts at Harris Associates limit forecasts of earnings per share growth to seven years, their investing time horizon, with emphasis on the first two. So they do on the when I say emphasis there. They're doing like a full balance sheet or they do also balance sheet, income statement and cash flow statement. They're like do the full thing, predict what they're going to be for the next couple of years um, and then beyond that they just do the earnings per share growth. Anything beyond this, they deem too unreliable to be factored into the valuation. While I don't think a model really helps with determining the determining the suitability of an investment, Anything that depends on the accuracy of a model is not cheap enough. I do see the value in forecasting out the full financials for the next couple of years as part of your ongoing due diligence. This is because it allows you to more closely monitor the company's performance and compare it with your expectations. The only issue is the time it takes. Realistically, I don't have sufficient time available to make and update detailed models for each of my holdings. So I'll have to keep any modelling to a more limited level. The good news is that I don't believe it's necessary for investment success. So yeah, I I do think I want to um start doing a bit more modeling, certainly for the companies I'm considering buying. Um I, well well, like I could say actually, it's it's more a case of monitoring um it's for the ongoing due diligence. So yeah, it might be for newer holdings and like that, but just having an idea of, um, I mean, some I'm not even going to, I wouldn't even bother wanting to do it. Like, like I've got some sort of commodity. I've got eco resources, quite commodity, Um, just completely at the, the mercy of commodity prices, really for how, what the corn's going to be. So you just got to kind of think, you just got to look at it and go, do you think, on average you know could look at factor in sort of average estimated commodity prices going forward Um, is it trading at a big discount to that the cash flows they could get from that and are they okay are they well capitalized enough uh, to get through a period of lower commodity prices as long as you can get those two things and that's you know that's what matters I don't see much value in trying to forecast what commodity prices are going to be and so on because they are very very variable um same kind of thing with the shipping rates of Taylor maritime investments you just kind of kind of look at it and go uh, is there long term kind of um well in the near term there's this, this they've got structural supply chart, supply side factors that should hopefully get, increase the probability of rates going up and can they survive um are they said trading enough of a discount to give you some downside protection and are they able to survive a period where rates are lower and so as long as you can get those two things I think you're fine as well Um, and then something like Aviva it's such a complex business that unless you really are on the inside I don't know how useful a model would be anyway Um, you know there's so many so many factors going on in there that uh, that would make it quite difficult to to forecast anything realistically from the outside. I don't know, maybe some other people do, but I think that would be a bit of a waste of my time. Um Tiny Build would probably be a good example of something where it would uh be useful. Maybe full as well. Um something, you know, these ones that are a little sim Yeah, somewhat simpler or, or there's um they have a bit more control over or it's, it's easier to predict the the inputs that would be, uh, you know, the variables in, in there that would be affecting things in the model. But, uh, yeah, because then you've got a, a better gauge of, uh, you know, metric to actually measure their performance against. So I, I see the value yeah, from measuring performance against it. I think for more complicated bigger companies, like maybe Viva or something, just having, using their, just checking their, their progress against, uh the remun- remuneration targets and so on in their uh you know, performance targets in their in, uh, executive benefits packages and so on is, is the way you'd bet is a better way of just sort of monitoring the business ongoing um going forward and seeing as they hit those targets there and then yeah but the it, i don't think it really any of this stuff really helps with uh Getting actually an initial investment thesis, and actually seeing if something's cheap enough, because all that stuff should be really obvious from very basic metrics, um, and shouldn't really shouldn't really require a lot of detailed work to pull that kind of information out. So yeah, I do. Um, I think it really the value of the models really comes in ongoing work. Um, and I wouldn't want to be investing in things where it's like a short term. The thesis is dependent on a short term inflection or something like that. You know, whatever. I want to have something that, yeah, that's going to. There's a ob- very obvious discount in place, um, and it, you know, it can take and allow allow for up to five years uh, minimum to uh, for it to play out and uh, and just use any models or whatever to monitor it as long but yeah if you found these reflections interesting do let me know if you want to hear more of them in the future um and yeah and, and give this video a, a like subscribe to the channel etc go over and uh subscribe to the newsletter all free um and yeah i'll uh i'll see everyone in the next episode